What do you call two guys that were there when this happened? Back to return at Spurlock. Michael Spurlock at the 10. He's to the 20. He's to the 25. Spurlock 30 to the 40-yard line. We could see history. 50, 40 to the 30-yard line. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run, Michael. Run. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. There you go. And that shotgun set. Three receivers left. Here's the snap, and the blitzer is picked up. Brady underneath. Caught ball, Evans. He has the record at the 11-yard line. Mike Evans becomes the first NFL player in league history to record 1,000 yards or more in his first seven seasons. And what a throw by Brady. Congratulations, Mike Evans. Who can forget? Again, looking again. Throws up the middle. Hands in the side. At the 40. Derek Brooks, 30. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Derek Brooks, the most valuable player in the National Football League. There it is. The dagger's in. We're going to win the Super Bowl. Here's the snap. Mahomes running to his right. Look out. He may run. Mahomes directed. Goes toward the end. Battle intercepted. Picked off of the end zone. Bucks are going to beat the Chiefs. We're the champions of the world, and we still have a minute 33 to go. Devin White. What a great second season. That's it for KC. Bucks are the Super Bowl champs. They can't stop the clock. We call them the Salty Dogs. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Salty Dogs podcast. We're so glad you've, what, tuned in? Click yeah, the link? Click the link. Um, we downloaded. Be, yeah. I don't know. However you are getting this into your ears and into your brain, Appreciate we're glad you. you're doing it. Yep. I'm Scott Smith. And I'm Jeff Ryan. We are the Salty Dogs. We are. We're brought to you by Beef O'Brady's. Um, let me just say this. Wings, beer, beer, and wings. Nobody combines them like Beef O'Brady's. You can start with the award-winning traditional or boneless wings in a variety of sauces and dry rubs. And next, you just got to pick your brew. That's my favorite part. Beef's has all your faves on tap. Beef O'Brady's, where game time meets beer and wing time all the time. And now it's time for Scott Smith's Beef O'Brady moment. <laughs> That's what it's called now? I don't know. Is this official? Yeah, it sounded good, though, didn't it? Uh, first of all, I want you to, to know that while you were looking down at your script, uh-huh. I pushed the cough button before lifting the microphone. I did notice that. And it, taking a sip. And that and thre- then down. threw me off because I was ready for it. <clears throat> <laughs> um, yeah. You know what's good there? What is? Uh, uh, this, just, everything. this is simple because I've mentioned some of the other like entrees before, sure. but I like the chips and queso. Really? Yeah. It's a wow. nice thing to share before some, you start a meal. A little appetizer? Yeah. They got like good it. chips. All right. Everybody, pretty, you know, most restaurants can make a pretty good queso. Right. But some chips are better than others. Mm-hmm. Theirs is very satisfying. I like it. Very good. That's a simple one, huh? Wow. Just You, you can know. have that and wings. Well, I was just going to say, that's what I, that's what. I would do, yes. Our order was usually wings and french fries. But, oh, but, yeah. But the queso is a, is a good option, too. Good way to go. Yeah. All right. So, Jeff, we beat the Patriots. We did. There was a few storylines involved. Wow. There was a just, I don't know. It, it, the only thing that made it exciting was it was on Sunday night. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that was in week four, yeah. so we didn't have to anticipate it for so long. And oh. now it's over and, and all the, these last two weeks at L.A. and then the emotional homecoming for Tom Brady, um, that's that was the I think probably the toughest stretch of the it, season. It had I was I was thinking about it um, as we were standing in the airport at five thirty in the morning, not having been to bed yet. I stayed at, for thirty seven straight hours. Yeah, so did I. <laughs> I did. Well, I went to bed that Monday night at ten. So yeah, I, I stayed up till eleven. I thought I was yeah. going to crash as yeah. soon as I got home. I almost did, but started I started watching the game. Yeah, but that's what happened, right? Yeah, it was a pretty good game, too. right? Right. So, but um, yeah, it was a tough stretch and. Um, it was an interesting game. I, I, I thought it was. I, I thought it was going to be a close game. People were saying to me, "Oh, it's, you're blowing them out." I don't think so. You know what I'm going to, so. and I'm going to ask Will Golston of this. That's our guest this week. Okay. I'm going to ask him, and I'm pretty sure he will agree with this. 
that one thing I don't think NFL fans fully understand, and I'm not I'm not saying anything negative. It's just no. I don't think they understand this because they're not around these guys every day. Sure. Players and coaches in the NFL, and I've noticed this throughout all my time here, they do not care one bit how they get a win. No. They do not care if they were favored to win by 10 over a winless team and they pull one out by one with the last second field goal. They are just as thrilled. It doesn't matter to them at all. They don't sit there like going, yeah, we won, but I don't feel good about it. Never. Have you ever seen anything but a jubilant post-victory locker room? No. No. And, you know, I, what I always laugh about is players don't know what the next game is until <laughs> they get in on Wednesday. Well, it's good that they – because they always say that. Sure. But if that's really true, that's good. Well, it's I, I have to – sometimes think about who we're playing next. There's a, there were a lot of challenges in that game, Jeff. There was I mean the the weather was terrible. I mean there was a challenge for both Horrible. sides. Horrible. You know, the the noise. And Tom Brady never the injuries. really and Tom Brady's never really been that good in the rain, if you look at his stats. I didn't know that. Yeah, I didn't either, but I mean he wasn't bad. He threw no. for like two hundred and seventy yards and, and no turnovers, which was the key. But I thought he was a little jacked up a little bit. I thought he was Could throwing be. high. He, I, Some of that though was their coverages. Well that's true. They have a legitimately good defense and their secondary is really I, good. I honestly think they have a future quarterback too. Yeah. But the defense did what I thought they were gonna do, and that's they basically dared us to run the ball. Mm-hmm. And we still threw the ball or dropped back to pass like uh-huh. forty three times. Crazy. Even even in the rain and with them, but we did run well, like 26 mm-hmm. runs for uh, 113 yards or something, and and that was and that was including a couple kneel downs at the end. Yep, playoff Lenny looked good. He did look good, uh, and yep. Ronald Jones had a really nice touchdown. He run. did 119 he did. yards on 30 carries, which included four Brady. Well, they weren't all kneel downs because he did run for that one six yard. I think three kneel downs and then a six yard run Mm -hmm. that uh, got that first down when he couldn't find anybody open because they were playing coverage and they have good cover defensive backs. No question. It was a tough, it was a tough challenge. I really believe that and and they they met it. I mean, the one thing that you, that this team knows it has is if the game is on the line and you have a couple minutes and you need to get a field goal maybe, they totally believe Tom Brady's going to get it for them. Yep. And Ryan Suckoff had to make the field goal, don't sure. get me wrong. But they believe that Tom Brady's going to find a way to get them in, in position like he did against Dallas. Uh-huh. I, I made a comment before the game started. I said, whoever has the ball last <laughs> is going to win this game. Well, that's almost always true. Well, I, I, didn't, I thought it was just going to be tight. I just thought it was going to be – I didn't think it was going to be high scoring, and it wasn't. No, yeah, exactly. Um, I think that – you know, it's crazy when you get down to you play all these plays and how many passing attempts and everything, and, and it boiled down to the kickers. A doink. Right. And and one that um, that Ryan Suckup missed. Yeah, he did because, miss one. Because you were chasing those three points yeah. the whole well, night. Well, and, and we were chasing points because, again, I, credit, I actually credit New England's defense for this, but I have not seen us have such a hard time Inside the 30. Right. Every time we got inside the 30, it was, I bet you of Tom's, and he had 21 incompletions, was is a lot for him. Sure. I bet, I bet good 12 or 15 of those were in the red in the red zone or inside the 30 because once we got there, we just there were several times it was just three incompletions in a row and guys were covered. And one of the things too that everybody, yes, the field goal got missed, but there were still going to be 50 seconds left on the clock. Right. If he had made it, and so there was still an opportunity to march back down. Which segues me into the thing I've been trying to get us to do at the top every week is what was your favorite thing from the game? So let me go first. All right. They were kicking a 56-yard field goal 
with about 50 seconds or a minute left on the clock, as you just described, because of Levante David. Yeah. Yep. The key play in that entire game was Levante David, who was part of a big blitz. There were, I think we were bringing in six guys, maybe. He's coming. He's locked up with a defensive, I mean, an offensive lineman, but he sees the pass. He gets a hand up and knocks it down. Jeff, the guy was open. Unless he drops the ball, the pass looked to be on target. The guy was open. That was going to be a first down, which, considering that um, Nick Folk barely missed it from 56, mm-hmm. he's probably going to make it from wherever they are, and they're going to be able to run up the clock. So Nick Folk is probably, if Levante David doesn't get his hands on that, Nick Folk is probably kicking a 40-yard field goal with no time left, and that we're it, probably going to lose. That is the play of the game. It was the play of the game. Period. Absolutely. And... um and, of course, you expect that from Levante I David. love it that it was Levante. And what's interesting is not a lot of talk has been about it. It's just kind That's of, why we're here, Jim. You're right. But, but he, it was brought up today to Bruce Arians, and, he, you know, that's the game changer. Yeah, that, I missed his PC. That was the game. Is that what he said? Yeah, basically, yes. I, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, glad. but basically he is saying that was the game. That was, but it's, but, you For know, the reasons I just enumerated. Yeah, and, you know, big-time players make big-time yeah. plays during. And they've been. Large times. And that was something that he said last week, Bruce Arians, that the Buccaneers are expecting more big plays out of mm-hmm. their two inside linebackers, Levante and Devin. Right. And Devin was great rushing the pass. I think he hit him four times. He, When he decides to go in, and, and again, and, and I should bring this up again, I say blitz sometimes. Like we, according to next-gen stats, blitzed on 46.8% of their plays. Defensive coordinators and defenders don't always consider what we think is a blitz a blitz, but they consider any time more than four pass people go into the backfield to be right. a blitz. Right. But sometimes it's just Devin White, for instance, reacting to the fact that he had the back and the back stayed in the block, so now he's supposed to go after the quarterback. When he decides to do that, I don't think there's anybody quicker on the team from the moment he decides to go into the quarterback to when he gets to the quarterback. His closing speed when pass rushing is insane. I, I find it um, fascinating that the theme was – uh, needed pressure from the defensive front guys, yeah. and we needed the linebackers to <laughs> step up their play. And bada bing, bada boom, there yeah. you go. It, it, it happened. And that was Levante's 141st career game as a Buck. Yeah, wow. Which broke a tie with Warren Sapp for ninth place. Nice. Only eight guys have played more games than Levante, and he's far from done. No, no, he's still playing at a high volume. There was another thing that I really liked in that game, and that was. That the Tom Brady's record-breaking throw that mm-hmm. gave him the passing yards record yep. went to Mike Evans. I'm glad it went to Mike Evans. Yeah. And it was a little funny because now I, did he need 68 yards yeah. to break the record yeah. or 69 yards? 68. 68. So he hid exactly 68 yards on that 20. And the funny uh, part about it, Jeff, was of course we're keeping track because as soon as he sure. breaks it, we want to be able to tweet yep. it and everything. Yep. Right? Had a story ready to go on the website and everything. So we were always like, before each player, like, okay, he's this many yards away. Before that player, like, he's 28 yards uh-huh. away. He throws that pass. It's obviously 20-something or 30. And so we're all waiting for them to say, because unless you were really paying attention to where the, and doing the math in your head where it started from, mm-hmm. you're waiting for them to announce the stat crew. I was waiting for Jesus to tell me what yeah. was going on. So originally, they, where they originally set it down, it was a 27-yard pass, but then they adjusted it forward a little bit. So at first we yep. thought he had tied it, uh, and then all of a sudden, oh, wait, that's the record, and we're scrambling around that, and, and when I say Jesus, I'm not talking about <laughs> a, a religious thing. There's a website, or it's a uh, an official stat site that we are allowed to 
go on. It, which is called NFL Jesus, which is G-S-I-S. Yeah. Yes, yes, but I just kind of like to throw it out there. I don't know what that stands for. I have no idea. I but bet it, one of the S's is statistics. It's, it's great because when you're waiting to see what's, it becomes the official uh, stats. So yeah. that's what I was watching. Um, I, my favorite thing. Yeah. Um, other than the Levante play, right? Under the, other than Leva- Levante is one, number two. The clam chowder at that stadium <laughs> was the best. It was pretty and good. And you know exactly because you ate it with me. I we did. had it. We, we, it we was good. got up in there, a little hot sauce, the oyster crackers. I had some of the night before, too. Oh, boy. It was, Not at the stadium. Yeah. That would be yeah, weird. Yeah. No, that was, that was really, really good. Um, but uh, I. <laughs> We've had a couple good um, the, road. Spreads. Oh yeah, and the other thing I liked was in the, a row. was the radio booth right on the oh forty five. It was it, this is funny. That's the best one in the league, right? Well, it, it From close enough. It is. Uh, Baltimore is ranked right up there with it. You guys were at like the forty seven yard yep. line. Field le- almost. All, we were. You were just above the first group of st- if, fans. If, yeah, if you were a fan and you stood up, you might have two more feet before where we were. Yeah. And so, it, great sight lines. The, was, Nothing was in the way. You you could probably have heard conversations on the we sideline. We did. We did before and, the game. And um, what was funny is our our COO Brian Ford saw our broadcast booth and made a comment that, "Geez, maybe I should come down here and yeah, <laughs> see, watch the game better than the press box." <laughs> but uh, plus, you have the open air, so you get all the yeah, reaction. Yeah. Did it, it rain? Did the rain get into your booth? Not at all. That's good. Not at all. No, it's you know you funny that you could hear fans talk. Real quick story. Um, the flagship station in Boston, uh, for, Boston. The, for for the Patriots uh, reached out to me, and they were doing a contest on uh, you could win tickets to the Bucks Patriots game if you could imitate Gene Deckerhoff because <laughs> they really love Gene. Really. So on Friday, um, they reached out to me and said, "Hey, do you think you could get Gene to call in and pretend he's a contestant?" No problem. So we did. So they've got a guy from Maine and some other people trying to do Gene's call, you know, and, you know, fire the cannons, that type of thing. And so Gene comes on and he does it and they played it off. Gene from Florida is on and, you know, you know, Gene, he just wind him up and go yes, and get out absolutely. of the way. He was hysterical. So we're um, it, at the stadium in the broadcast booth and uh, all of a sudden before the game started people would look up and see him and they'd be yelling fire the cannons fire really? the cannons. He's, he's well and known even there he huh? was well known even up there so that's pretty cool did he win the contest uh, they thought he they thought he almost nailed it <laughs> <laughs> but oh, uh, that's, hey, great. that's a great story I'll tell you that was a high price ticket and a hard ticket to Ooh, get I and heard. it was and they all I, Here's the other thing, too. Raymond, Buck fans, you have it so good coming to Raymond James Stadium to, oh, get, from the traffic to get in and to get out. <laughs> the two I, weeks in a row. I will tell you right now, I'm spoiled because we used to ride the team buses and now yeah. we're driving rental cars. I drove two hours and 15 minutes. Round trip? No. What? One way after the game. You guys left an hour after I left, and I pulled up behind you (laughs) at the hotel. Oh, my God. Because when I come around, I saw you and and, uh, Gene and TJ get out of the car, and I was like, and Dave Moore looks at me and goes, how did they beat us? Yeah, well, for one thing, Carmen drives very aggressively, and I mean that in a good way. Dude. You're talking you about too? Yeah. we were we were going north for for a little bit and finally I'm like yeah no we're not going north anymore and I saw a little opening and I pulled a Yui 
And you went it, south. And well, I pulled a Yui so I could catch a side street, okay. and then Waze gave us a way to get to uh, 95 so south. So it was just oh, and it was stalled. pouring down rain. Yeah. And what's interesting is people were walking two miles away from the stadium to catch an Uber. Which was smart. Yes, but then but they all got to a um, like a shopping center, and there were like 200 people waiting for an Uber. Oh, so you goodness. really had to keep going. Oh. So, Buck fans, when you come to Raymond James Stadium, and yes, Dell maybe backs up, and Himes gets a little crowded. Nothing and like that. No, and and it's they had 65,000 people yeah. there, and that's what we have. It's just the infrastructure is just it just kind of like the stadium is just there. It was in the middle of like. Neighborhood. Neighborhood, yeah. Beautiful stadium. I mean, I, I, I like that stadium. I like how they have all oh, the yeah. commerce around it yeah. and everything. But, uh, yeah, it, it, it's, yeah, it, it was it was a, a struggle. But so, the best news is we were leaving, and it was rainy. And, we had uh, a win. Yeah, all that traffic. It didn't it. bother me at all. Yeah. Nope. So all those people that paid those exorbitant prices yeah. wanted to be be there. If they're from that area, sure. they wanted to be there to cheer Tom Brady before the game, and they and did then boo him during the game, and they did, and that's exactly what they did, which was expected. What I loved, what I loved was the the Tom Brady watch coming out of the tunnel. Yeah. There were like six cameras, yeah. everybody was there, and we were talking about it on the air and talking about how all these people are waiting, and I, I a thought came across, and I'm going. Here I'm lo- making comments about them waiting for Tom Brady to come out, and I'm looking through binoculars to see if he's coming through the tunnel because <laughs> you were doing the same thing. So it was funny they had they had interviewed various people from sure. around that area, just fans, and I remember one of them on the TV was Schwartzy, of course, and he he was like, "Yeah, I'm going to cheer for Tom Brady before the game. I'm not trying to do the accent. Yeah, I'm no. not good at accents, right? Me but um." But when it starts, I hope they pummel him and punish him and <laughs> knock him to the ground. And was like, that's all, I think that's all understandable. I, I think it's fair because, well, because of this crazy thing called fantasy football, it all boils down to players. But I'm a person of the team. The team is who I root for. So Please. that's why I like oh that. Gosh. Just, oh, you're so noble, Joe. Yeah, I'm just saying. And then you have to throw in the fantasy football dig at the same time. Well, it's not the last one. I'm sure that's true. <laughs> um, I, I, getting back to the favorite things. Sure. This isn't from our game. Uh huh. You're going back or forward? no? I'm. I'm going. I watched that game on Monday. You know, Raiders most of it till I fell Chargers. Asleep. I think other than our game, the my favorite thing I saw all weekend. Did you did you watch much of that game? Uh, first half. Did you see the play? I don't remember if it was in the first half when the Chargers tried to do a fake punt. Yep. So basically, and we had the situation in our game. Uh-huh. We were all sitting there in the press box going, why don't we just throw to that uncovered guy? Uh-huh. Like, I think some teams have a standing thing where if the other team, usually by accident probably, leaves one of the gunners uncovered, that the, the punter knows he can throw it to him. Right. And I think that's exactly what happened in the um, – in the, in the Chargers-Raiders game, and so, indeed, their punter, I can't, I don't know who it was, right. threw a pass to the guy, and you thought for sure that was going to work, but the return man, Hunter Renfro, and especially when they showed the replays and yep. from the wide view where you can see the whole field, he notices what's right. going on. And crept over. And started creeping up, and then as soon as they did that, he came flying and made just a beautiful tackle. Blew him up. And, I mean, perfectly timed. Yep. It was a smart, really smart play. It was a quick reaction. A great hit, and he stopped him like two yards short. Yeah. I thought, 
man, what a freaking play that was. That, and that's that's called heads up and thinking. And being a great did, player. Did you notice during our game where uh, a lot of time New England didn't have anybody back when they were getting ready to do punts? It was like just before, and then all of a sudden someone would yeah, run? Yeah, I think they were trying to, you know, the same thing where you yep. disguise like a safety, sure. and then he creeps back, and yep. they're just trying to disguise what they're doing. Yeah, yeah, so... But, um, but it's a big, you know what, uh, quarter of, well, shoot, now with 17 games, you can't play a quarter of a season, but I'm going to say it, a quarter of a season's gone by, and three and one's pretty good. Three and one's pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty Jeff, I was just that. looking at it, the Bucks have been four and one, or better, mm-hmm. about, I think, four times in okay. team history, All right. and they've won the division every time they've done that. Well, they're going to have to keep going because mm. Carolina's playing pretty Actually, well. Actually, they made the playoffs in 97. I don't think they won the division, but we did make the playoffs. We did. Um, yeah, we don't play Carolina until just the last three weeks of the season. You know what? As much as we're excited about having a 1 o'clock game yeah. this Sunday against the Miami Dolphins, I don't know. I kind of think, unfortunately, uh, our game on Christmas, day after Christmas in Carolina, could get flexed. Yeah, if, if they and stay good. If they stay good and, we, and we're still in it, those two games could determine – do they flex games in Week 17 or 18? In this? Uh, I don't think they do. I, I don't know if they do on the last one. I don't think they do. I hope not. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't. But if it's if it's uh, it's like anything else, if it's if it's that big of a game, it'll get moved. Hmm. That's just kind of how said it they, works. They don't do that. They don't. Except if it's that big of a game, someone will some network will want it. I don't know about that. I think it might be a rule. You think it is? Yeah, and. Anyway, we'll see. But sure. we'll know by then whether they are legit or not. Yeah. And, of course, we think we're legit, but Very we, still much have, so. we still have to prove it, long, too. Long way to go. Um, we have not played, or the Buccaneers have not played their best football. Not even close. But what I like about that is good teams figure out a way yeah, to win without playing their best ball. So and there you go. If, they, if we do get into a groove... It might be a little bit difficult to get into a groove defensively right now with mm. all the injuries. Oh, gee. We'll talk about that in a yeah. minute. But before we wrap, wrap up the New England game, sure. I'm sure you've seen this stat. I didn't even realize the magnitude of this until somebody handed me a play-by-play when we were down in the press conference uh-huh. room. And I, I look at, start looking at the team stats. We held them to negative one rushing yard. Did you realize that? I did realize that. And, and, I, and the only reason why is I read it uh, – earlier today because I was looking for something else and saw it and I thought I wrote about it yesterday maybe that's what it was maybe it was your call I read I read somewhere about it probably you because I do read you negative Um, one that's a record for us yeah what are the odds of that happening well it's obviously extremely since they've never done it before right I'd say low quite low so do you think they need a running game or our run stoppage is really good well part of it is our run stop. Defense is sure. obviously it's been number one. It's now number one again. So it's trying to be number one for three years in a row, which hasn't happened since like Minnesota, I think, in the, uh-huh. the uh, mid nineties. Um, it just doesn't happen. But negative one yards. Part of it is that, and part of it is teams just aren't trying to run against us. Yeah, they only carried the ball. They only tried eight times. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a self fulfilling prophecy that hey, the Bucks have this really stout run defense, so let's not bother running. And what was interesting is their whole game plan was to to make us, to make um, Tom throw. Because well, to make we could, us run. Yeah, to make us run. And take yeah. away the big play. Sure. We didn't even hardly try. We well, had we, the one to Antonio Brown. Yeah, we had one and got caught. Called back. I I, saw, somebody told me they thought that was a bad call. I thought it was a I bad didn't call. See it. I, I didn't. It was on Donovan's. It was a hands-to-the-face kind yeah, of deal, right? It was one of those where kind of... Mm. 
I um, there are a couple calls that uh, um, you know um, questionable. Well, not even questionable. Missed. Not even questionable. Missed. Uh, if if you recall, uh, a false start uh, happened against New England. They got pushed back, and then he false started again, and they didn't call. Oh, it. there were two and in a row. The, the old line, or, the, or yeah, the old lineman did a dance. And, and Shaq jumped over like he was supposed to, and they didn't call it. Oh. And it was like, okay, how, how's that? But hmm. those things happen. I didn't think the reversal of the fumble was accurate either. No, no. He, I, I, the way Bruce described it, as he was told that the guy took two steps. The guy caught the ball and took two steps, but right. he never did a third thing. And I didn't. What does that mean? I thought you made a football move. A football move is uh, two steps. Turn just, two steps. They shouldn't. They. They just. I just don't think that they should define it. Try so hard to define it in specific words. Right. You can look at that play and see that it's a fumble. Sure. He caught the ball and started running. Right. And then the ball's not going to Just yep. call it w- common sense. All right. And I think they're afraid to make the the refs have to. Use their judgment. Well, they wanted they wanted to try to define it, but the definition doesn't help. Mm-mm. No, I thought that was terrible. It was terrible overturn. It was, it was. But as to the runs, they didn't try. But here's what they got on their eight runs: negative four, zero, 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 negative one, negative one, one, <laughs> and then four. Well, no wonder they gave that four, try. which was the only one that was more than one yard, was actually like. A, a lateral out to to Nelson Aguilar. I think uh-huh. it was. I don't even know if it was intended to be a running play because he didn't need to, it to be backwards because it wasn't one of their trick plays. It was just to throw it out to him and he ran. Sure, that's the only run that they had that got more than one yard. Crazy, that's incredible. I love it. Good stuff. That was a fun game. You know, I, I'm glad it's over with though. I, it, I just, yeah, you know, I don't want this. I am too. This is going to sound bad. I wasn't tired about hearing about Tom Brady going back to New England, but I was getting kind of exhausted. It was, oh yeah. So Saturday or Sunday morning, I wake up and it's about six thirty, and I can hear a voice, a male voice, talking about Tom Brady, and I'm thinking, well, who is ever in the room next to me has their TV on? You could hear the TV from the other room. Well, that's what I thought. But then come to find out, it was some guy talking to his wife about Tom Brady, and they were discussing Tom Brady at 6.30 in the morning. And I'm like, I just can't get away from this. <laughs> but it's a big deal. And uh, yeah. highest watched game. Yeah, uh, a while, right? Out of five uh, top-rated games this season, we're in three of them. Wow. The Dallas game, the Rams game, and the New England game. So I guess that's why we're prime time. Yeah. Right? And just a couple more weeks. Sure. On Thursday. Oh, a couple more weeks. Scott, a week from today, you're flying to Philadelphia. Wow. <laughs> I, I, see, I can't even. <laughs> these things don't even. Hey, I'm just here to help. These things don't even. Like, I know. I don't even contemplate them. Yeah. Talk about a quick salty dog next week, my friend. I don't know how we're going to do it. We had. We did we did succeed in running the ball when sure. when they when they dared us to, mm-hmm. which was good. We had nine rushing first downs, which is something we just haven't been doing. We had eight in the first three games combined, nine in that game. I can't wait until we actually have a complete game. It's not there yet. Here's something I want to ask. That it happened several times in this game, and I was talking to the person next to me about it, and then I saw more examples of it in the games I got to see, like the Monday night game. Whatever happened to teams taking a shot downfield on second and two or second and one? It seems like every time a team gets to second and two, or second, including the Bucks, sure. second and one now, they try to get the first down with the run usually mm-hmm. on the very next play. All right. 
How come nobody tries the shot play on second and one or two anymore? I don't know, but that's when you do it because if you don't make it, you, you only got another two. Down. Yeah, you got two. Or yards maybe to go. two, depending right. where you're on the field. Sure, sure. I, I, it, this is probably something I complain about with other people in their points. Sometimes it's probably confirmation bias on my part, which mm-hmm. means you have a belief. In my case, I believe like people don't take shots in second and two or one that much anymore, like they used to. And confirmation bias means I tend to notice and remember the evidence that supports what I think mm-hmm. and ignore or don't notice <laughs> the evidence that doesn't support what I think. So you if kinda, I went to the play-by-plays, you, you kind of sound like a politician here for a second. Politician? Yeah. It's like a scientific thing. Is it? Yeah. It's, there's a lot of cognitive biases, biases, and that's the one I always remember. Okay. But ways that shape how you perceive and remember mm-hmm. and, um, and, and consider things that you don't even realize you're doing. And I think confirmation bias is very prevalent um, in most people. Yeah, and I see what you mean. And and that's true in politics, for sure. For sure. sure. And sometimes that's a matter of seeking out the information that confirms what you think and and ignoring, purposely ignoring the rest. Like, depending on what... How you decide Instead of looking at all sides, you're just looking for Which the side that makes you country. feel good. Yes, and I don't mean to be lecturing because I'm not. No, I'm not saying not. I'm all as, up on the news better than anybody else. No. But that's a big problem in our country sure. right now. People need to look at all sides. And people need to not only seek out the information that confirms what they already believe. Correct. Or just take a news feed that only feeds them what they yeah. want to hear. Yes. Right. All right. Well, I'll get off that soapbox. Sure. Um, I did like today that. Uh, no, wait. That's not it. I had a note, but that's something different. Okay. Um, we have to talk about Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. Because, Go ahead. I mean, this has been developing as the day has gone along. Sure. I, I woke up this morning to text from friends saying, hey, you guys going to sign Stefan Gilmore? I'm like, okay, I got to look at what's going on here. Well, he he got traded to the Carolina Panthers. Yeah. And, which was a weird thing because the first headline I read today said, Patriots cut Stefan Gilmore. Now, what they actually did was they got the, as you said, they got the news out there that they were intending to, but didn't actually cut him because then that would teams would try to jump the waiver wire sure. by trading for him. And I have not read yet what they what the Panthers traded for Gilmore, but they had a need because their really good rookie uh-huh. J.C. Horn, I think, mm-hmm. has a pretty long term injury. They, so it sucks that they got him. To be quite honest with you, well, yeah, and it's something that he's excited about because he actually lives in Charlotte. In oh, fact, wow. in fact, he lives down the street from the GM. But this story is kind of irritating in, in whoever, and, and lots of times well, whoever writes the story doesn't also write the headline. The headline is always never what you think it should be. So when you told me you got traded, I'm like, wait, didn't they already cut him? Because yeah. I read the headline that said Patriots cut Stephon Gilmore. But when you get into the story, it says mm-hmm. the Patriots have decided to cut Gilmore. Yeah, what they did is they, they let it be leaked that he was going to be cut. He wasn't cut yet, but he was getting ready to be cut, which then creates the, okay, now we know you don't want him anymore we can maybe work a trade. But the thing is, is he can't come back until week six. He's hurt, right? Yeah. He's on PUP. He was, yes, so he still has a few still. weeks. But, you know, he still has to have a few weeks. So he'll, he'll be of, there by the time we're playing him. Uh, yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm, not say, I'm not saying we were ever no. we going to be in the market for him. Well, well uh, BA, I mean, BA said we kicked the tires on everything. That's true. And, so, and given what Jason Light has done the last 18 months, uh-huh. you can't count it and, out. But and, what I was complaining about here was the article. Yes. When the article leads you to believe he was cut, and then, he and then you read it and say they have decided to cut, that's kind of an irresponsible headline. Well, that's why you can't go by headlines. You've got to read the book. It should say Patriots are cutting Stephon mm-hmm. Gilmore, not cut Stephon Gilmore. Or may be cutting them. Jalen Smith, the linebacker in Dallas, got cut right. too. Yeah. I don't think we have any interest in that one. We're pretty good there. 
And I think his play has declined since he had an injury. Yeah. But we don't need to talk about Jalen Smith. Nope, not at all. Well, we'll talk about him when we play the Carolina Panthers. One other thing. No, I said Jalen Smith. Oh, I'm sorry. You mean Stephon Gilmore. Yes. One other of my favorite things from this weekend's football, again on Monday night, I don't think there is ever in the history of this league, which is like 102 years now, mm-hmm. been a better helmet than the Chargers helmet. Mm-hmm. You mean looks? Uh, the Chargers helmet. They're, they're, all their uniforms are fantastic. They're the best in the league and always have been. Wow, but better, the helmet, than, better than the pewter on pewter Buccaneers? I, I mean, I like our uniforms, but I, the Chargers are better. Wow. Um, wonder who I'll be doing salty dog. <laughs> <laughs> those those helmets though, with the they were white with the yellow yeah. bolt and then the number. Uh, I love when helmets have the numbers on them. Their numbers are really easy to read too. That helps too, doesn't it? Ours yeah. are not. No. Well, they're much much better. They're much much better than they were. Yeah, I our agree. numbers. Yeah, I agree. They're but they're still not as easy to read as the Chargers. Like Anthony I think they're just not as large. The Chargers ones are almost like the whole thing. That's true, uh, but uh, it know. also helps to have it on the helmet too. Yeah, remember when they used to have numbers uh, also on the top shoulder pads? I would guess that they still do. They do don't. they? I don't know. No, because when you fall, when they would lay on the ground, then yeah. you could read the yeah. number on their shoulder. Yeah, there was a number reading experience in that game when um, when Carlton Davis went down, oh. and lots of times you can't tell right away because they're. They're lying down, and there mm. may be somebody leaning over them. Yeah. But I'm like, oh, I think I saw a four. Yeah. And then I'm looking at a roster going, there's only one four that that could be. And it's not good. And, and it's not good. And no. apparently Bruce said today he's not expecting him or Sean Murphy Bunting back anytime soon. And the thing with Sean Murphy Bunting is with a concussion. No, no, that's. No, that's. And Winfield Jr. With, with a concussion, with him coming with, with him coming back, you're always concerned that okay. you can get dinged again. Yeah, and don't get deep into that conversation because one of our questions okay. is about that. All right, I won't. Um, I'll be quiet. So I think I've covered everything I wanted to get to. Yeah, you did. We didn't really yeah. talk much about the Dolphins. Um, I guess well, we, we will in the next segment. We can. Or the Dolphins are coming to town. It's a 1 o'clock game, and uh, I don't even know who... Um, who, what, where, when. The hardest part is I got to set an alarm clock because it's an early game and we even had one. Well, the story with the with the Dolphins was they went ten and six last year. They yeah. missed the playoffs by just one game. Yeah. They, there was the second year for Brian Flores and they made significant improvement from year one to year two. Mm-hmm. They look like a team on the rise. They were Fitzpatrick had left town, so it was Tua's offense. They were going to tailor the offense sure. around him as much as possible. Yeah. The defense was great last year. It ended up like fifth or something like that in the league in points and yards. So they looked like they were moving in the right direction. And so basically I would have to put Miami as one of the most disappointing teams in the league so far. They're one and three. Their defense has regressed to like 25th in the league. Mm -hmm. And two is out with fractured ribs. Crazy. Uh, He's out for at least this one more. He's missed two games and he's out for at least one more. They've lost both games that Jacoby Brissett started Mm -hmm. so far. and He'll be starting against us again. Um, their only other quarterback on the roster is Reed Sinnott, who we brought in as an undrafted free agent last year out of, I think, San Diego maybe. Um, they're, they're, just, they're down in the rankings in just about any category you can think of on both sides of the ball. Trap game. Yeah, yeah, that's a very good yeah. point. That's a very good point. Well, you played emotionally. You, you've played out of, out of um, three out of the four games. Well, honestly, all three. Yeah, three out of four games were emotionally charged games for the Buccaneers. I'm talking about the Dallas, Dallas. Cowboys because it was opening kickoff, yeah. opening of the football season. Right. Then it was against the Rams. As you looked at NFC contenders, yeah. you looked at them as, you know, that's a good gauge yeah. where you're going to be. Mm-hmm. And then you turn around and you have the homecoming of Tom Brady in New England. So, and in between there, you had the Atlanta Falcons. So, three out of four were high-charged games. 
and um, this one is kind of like so you're a, afraid of an emotional letdown. Well, I think I, you know, I, I, I think emotionally it was draining. I think last week was draining for everyone because of the circumstances. Yeah, I'm glad it's a home game this week. Correct. And then, and once you get through that one, then you're on short a very week. short week, and you're playing Thursday night on again. the road. On the road. That's that's the toughest thing to do in the NFL is to play the Thursday night game on yep. the road because you really lose a lot of your Wednesday as well. Sure. You have almost no time. To and that's why we're a one o'clock game because we have a Thursday game, so they kind of give you a little bit okay. of a breather. The you coaches know, start working on the next one like Sunday evening. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's turn and burn, no yeah. question, no question. So all right. Okay. All right. Okay, that sounds like you're done. All right. Well, um, you're at 35 minutes. <laughs> okay. So you so tell that me. Sounds good. No, let's move on and, and get to our guest, who is Will Golston. The Salty Dogs. And we're back here on the Salty Dogs podcast with Scott Smith and Jeff Ryan, and now we're joined by our special guest of the week, and that would be defensive lineman Will Golston. Will, thanks for your time, and how are you doing today? Doing pretty good. Thanks for inviting me on the show. Um, it's more important. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm going to start this off with a quiz for you, okay? Mm-hmm. Can you name all of the defensive linemen in Buccaneers history, which is in its 46th season now, that have started more, or have played in more games for the Buccaneers than Will Golston? Simeon Rice, uh, Warren Sapp, uh, Booger McFarlane, uh, uh, ah, I forgot the dude's name. I know him. I know him, but I'm, I'll stop you there because you already got the answer, although you didn't actually get it totally correct because it's only Warren Sapp. Really? Jeez. Tied with Gerald McCoy. You and Gerald McCoy are tied for second. I mean, Goodness gracious. I know. I know how that feels from my end of it, but I wonder from your perspective is is that surprising or does it just feel natural because you just you do feel like you've been playing for so long? No, it's surprising. I don't, to be honest with you, I don't feel like I've been playing. I know it's year nine, but it doesn't feel like year nine mentally or physically. Well, that's good. But I like the fact that you were actually naming former Buccaneer players, so I appreciate you knowing the history of the team. The history. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I'll give you another shot then. Here's another quiz for you. Um, since you didn't know this was going to be a test the whole time, did yeah. you, Will? <laughs> I'm ready, man. I'm ready. I, I didn't either, just so you know. I'm not taking any <laughs> I'm responsibility going rogue for this. With this. <laughs> going rogue. Okay. Since the start of last season, how many interior defensive linemen have more quarterback hits than Will Golston? None. No. Uh, that's that's a good answer. It's close. It's oh, wait, wait, you're close. saying this throughout the Buccaneers' history? No, I'm talking about just in the whole NFL. Oh, really? Uh, I would probably like three, maybe. That's three, exactly three. right. You're right. Yeah. DeForest Buckner, Chris Jones, and Aaron Donald. Yeah. That's quite a list to be on, man. It you, is, isn't it? You feel like, like Bruce Arians said, I think it was Bruce Arians a couple days ago that that you're a perfect fit for this defense and you're obviously a big part of how incredible we've been against the run for the last three years. But do you feel like you're kind of slept on as a pass rusher? Not necessarily, no. If you look at the production I had at the beginning of my career compared to now, I wouldn't say slept on. It's just that I didn't take advantage of my opportunities. Or I guess I wasn't honed in the same way I am now. You know, they were struggling or the front – Defensive line wasn't getting the sacks that everyone thought they were going to get in the first three games, but however, against New England, things came alive. Can you pinpoint what the difference was? Uh, 
just like I was harping on earlier uh, in the week last week, sacks really come in bunches. It's not as if uh, we haven't been getting pressure on the quarterback. It's just that we haven't been able to get him down with the ball in his hands. Uh, but he held on to the ball a little bit longer. It wasn't as many quick screens and pop passes as it was before or previously. So we getting back there. We just got to get him down. I feel like we had more opportunities to get him down this game. We got him down, but we could have got him down some more too. So we just got to keep building on that and keep moving forward with the momentum. Along those lines, uh, just what do you, what would you say about Joe Tryon who got his first couple sacks and Vita Vea who apparently just destroyed half of the line to help Joe get one of those sacks? How are those guys playing? Couldn't praise both of them enough. Uh, Joe is a very slippery rusher, as you can see watching film, and Vita is a freaking bulldozer with feet. You know, <laughs> it's, it's 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 hard to stop that man when he's moving, and it's just sometimes hard to stop him before he take it. Like like in general, generally speaking, it's hard to stop him. So both of those guys have the potential to be top tier of the league, if not number one in their positions. Now that the New England game is over with, and you can reflect on the craziness of the week. Was it as was it as exciting for you as it would be for like the fans because of all the hoopla around it? Uh, as a player, well, as me personally, I don't really get a chance to really feel the hype because hmm. it's so much stuff that goes into it during the week that you know, and at, at the position in the interior defensive line, you take a misstep, you a lot of trouble can happen. So I try not to focus on any of those; just stick to the game plan and stick to my keys. That's kind, of what, no. that's kind of what Tom Brady was saying last week. He's like, I don't really have time to dwell on what it's going to feel like to go back there. And I, I don't have time for that because I need to use my time wisely to prepare for this game. It kind of sounds like the same thing you're saying there, right? Definitely. Was the rain as bad as, uh, as Chris Godwin described it? Oh, it was a monsoon out there, but it was. It made me think like I was playing in high school again. It was so much fun. The fans was rocking. The lights was on. It was raining. It was awesome. Yeah, I remember playing like neighborhood mud football games as a kid. Those were awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but another thing about that game that makes me think of that maybe fans don't really understand. I've always felt this way that I don't think NFL fans completely understand that players and coaches on NFL teams don't care even a little bit how they got to win that, you know, a fan might be fretting because we were supposed to beat a team according to the experts and we barely beat them. Whereas you guys, you don't care about that at all, right? Win is a win no matter how you get it. National for everybody is paid to be elite in the national football team. And it's really hard to keep stacking wins to be honest with you, because we watch film on each other all the time consistently. So you got to be able to get better every week. And we playing against elite players. Just everybody's not welcome in the NFL. You have to earn your spot. So getting the win is getting the win, no matter how what the score is, no matter how bad you win or how good you win. A win is a win. Yeah, you don't sit there after a win and, and kind of moan about the fact that it was only a one point win, right? They all feel just as good. They do. They do to me. I love I, winning. <laughs> I. I bet he doesn't sit back and look at the stats like a fantasy player, Scott, that would go, wow, my guy should have got more points, you know. Jeff <laughs> hates fantasy football. I don't know how you feel about it. Uh, I don't even understand fantasy football, to be honest with you. <laughs> I, don't you. Got, I don't got the time to look at that. I got to play. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have time for this. I have to do research when we do Salty Dog. So before before we let you go – 
Uh, it's, it's in the NFL, it's uh, crucial catch month. And that's something that's uh, pretty important to you earlier this year. Uh, you donated $225,000 to uh, the Moffitt Cancer Center. Can you talk a little bit about how personal that is for you? Uh, it's extremely personal for me. Cancer has hit my family uh, pretty hard. Mm. My father passed, my uncle passed, my mom had it, my other uncle had, had it. Uh, so it's something that's prevalent in my family. And to be able to spread the awareness that they are doing with that research, especially for, uh, you know, minorities, because we don't we have this a lack of information. I feel like if you are well informed, you're better off making the correct decision or the best choice for you and your family. So that's all I want to do is be able to spread that knowledge, that hope and be able to give back. You know, sure. Are, are you wearing anything special for a crucial catch um, game month? We usually get some cliques, but yeah. I haven't gotten my cliques just, yeah, that's, just yet. But we're... Yeah, that's that's the cause. That's a cleats cause, which I'm sure you No, no, we get a – I think it's a, a breast cancer. Well, it's not just one cancer awareness. So the NFL has it to where it's not just one color anymore. It's right. all of the colors of cancer. Sure. And they give you – I think it's an all-white clique, and the bottom has all of the different cover, colors for the ribbons. Nice. I don't know if we have that game yet, but when that game comes, I'll be wearing those cleats. Great. Well, thanks again for your time, Will, and – uh keep going out there and kicking ass man yeah no doubt thank you and, 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 I'm, and i'm glad that you're studying and not worried about fantasy football <laughs> <laughs> the salty dogs and we're back one more time here on the salty dogs podcast we're going to answer your questions but jeff uh, i bet will didn't expect me to start out with a couple quizzes i know i was <laughs> i didn't either i'm thinking holy crap are we doing a game show <laughs> or do i need to go find prizes for I will if he, he did, gets a right i thought he did pretty well he i did. was i was actually kind of tickled that he was surprised by the note about warren sap and yeah. the number of, of games played you know you forget about well, first of all, Will's one of the nicest guys there is. Not even close. Just uh, always a smile, always very cordial when you need something. He's he's just a total pro. Before the Super Bowl, before we got our Super Bowl rings at that ceremony uh-huh. when we had the little party beforehand. Sure. The two guys I sought out that I really wanted to shake their hands and congratulate were him and, and Levante. Levante. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, they. Um, 2013 is when he came. When you think about that, uh, it's his ninth season. Yeah, he's he's here. He's just he's that guy. He's a fourth round pick too. Yeah, I mean he he's going to go down as one of the best fourth round picks we ever made. Yep. I mean every time a guy, and I think the the most recent one I told was Cam Brate. Every time a player on our team gets to 100 career games played, I try to make a point to let him know. Sure. That used to be easier because you could do it in the locker. Yeah, right. Um, I try to let him know. Because they usually don't know. No. And to me, and I feel like now that I'm saying this, I may have said this in the last couple of weeks too, but um, if you play 100 games in the NFL, no matter what else your numbers are, you are a successful NFL player. Yep. 100 games. No. It's hard to get there. Yes. <laughs> and he's at 123 now. Right. Not only is it hard to get there, but you think about the health factors of yeah, getting there. Yeah. And I think he's been healthy through most of his he career. He has. He has. The great thing is, and you heard him say, he he didn't get slept on as a pass rusher because he I guess he was basically saying he didn't really deserve to be thought of as a great pass rusher because early in his career mm-hmm. he didn't put up good numbers right. and he's just doing a better job of of honing in on those parts of his yeah. game now, but he also happens to have gotten fortunate in that the Todd Bowles defense is perfect for him. I mean he's he fits what they want in that position perfectly. Mm-hmm. Which I is love awesome. it. Yeah, good guy. All right, happy for him. I am. I don't think. Well, I was about to say. I don't think Todd Bowles is going anywhere anytime soon, but then again, he could get another head coach. Sure. 
Sure, don't leave us. We'll, we'll leave us. If we have success like that. And that would be a sad day. It would. All right, here's All right. our questions. I am ready. You'll recognize the name here, right. Alexander from Brazil. Hello, Alexander from Brazil. Uh, ahoy, salty ones. Hope this finds you both well. Mm-hmm. Have you guys slept yet? <laughs> so as we were mentioning, yeah. because we got out of the stadium, well, we got I, we left the stadium about maybe one, and yeah. then walked to the car, and then get through the traffic, and drive like 45 minutes back to our hotel mm-hmm. in Providence. We left at midnight and got behind you at 2.15. <laughs> so, so, so that's when we got into yeah. the hotel, about 2.15? Yep. Uh, we had to be at the airport, which was right next door, by at least 5 in the morning because mm-hmm. um, our flight out was at 6. So you're talking about less than three hours. So I don't know about you, but I didn't go to sleep. Nope. I was afraid I wouldn't wake up. Yep. So I just worked between then, took a we, shower. We actually uh, sat around and talked to keep everyone awake. And I then, just worked. And then, at, and then at 4, went upstairs, took a shower, and packed the bag, and yeah. rolled on out. And then, so we get here a little before noon, I think, and there, it's a work day. It's mm-hmm. Monday. There's yeah. things that you and I have to do. We yeah, it was funny. I pulled in. And when I pulled in, you were you were you were you already here. I went, oh, okay, same. Yeah. So then now you're working the, now. The all the these now that yeah, I worked until six thirty. I, I think I actually got out of here about five thirty. Yeah. But um, all the youngins around here were gone Monday and Tuesday. It's yeah, like they were like exhausted. They were. I was surprised. They were doing the quotation marks working from home. <laughs> <laughs> I was. A bit surprised at how not I mean I was tired Monday night but I stayed up till 11 or so watching yeah. that game so I was up for like 37 straight hours I, the, and then I got a normal night's sleep and felt fine the next day which was really surprising I thought it would take me a lot longer to get over yeah I slept straight through finally but uh, I, I games like that just like for fans like for us if you win, it's amazing the struggles you can go through, and it's not a big deal. Yeah. I mean, it's like it's part That's of the game. But when when you lose, it would have felt awful. Yeah, then you're like, I did all of this. Why for do this? I have to go yeah. through this? Uh, and of course, that's how players feel and coaches times mm-hmm. about a hundred because they work so hard to try to get to game day. And then, it and doesn't. if you don't get your reward, it sucks. You work all. You work so hard for that three hours and ten minutes yeah. of. So if it doesn't go your, well, how's your life going to be the rest of the week? Yeah. <laughs> so. Okay, but that wasn't I, really his question. What's his question? With our DB health problem, mm-hmm. hmm, maybe I need to be more specific, right? The last one from way too many guys is he the seventh, if we count preseason, Antoine Winfield Jr. I was wondering, we hear a lot about concussion protocol, which he put in quotation marks, but I really do not know what this all means. Mm-hmm. First, how do you get in the protocol, meaning outside from a hit in the head is some test you make that gives doctors a sign that you were not well enough to play, like you forgot a number when counting to 10. And lastly, how do you get off the protocol? Since you did, thanks for reading Alexander Nascimento. Okay, we know this. Sure. First of all, players take a baseline cognitive test before the season. And the, the results are are compared to a test that you give them when you think they may have a concussion. Mm-hmm. And that's how you they decide. formally decide that there's a concussion. There's a lot of other things. I mean, sometimes you can just tell from the player's behavior. Sure. There's a lot of things. There's a lot of telltale signs for a concussion, concussion, like one, for instance, you tend to be emotional, mm-hmm. more emotional. I remember with Luke Keekley that happened several times, right. rather famously. And um, and then, you know, they they may be dizzy. Um, you know, it's, it's a serious it's a serious issue, and they, they have to make sure they get it right. Yeah, well, back in the day, it would be just, I oh, know. he just got his bell rung. He got his bell rung. And then your, your test would be something like, 
How do you feel? <laughs> well, it'd be more like, do you see the four fingers I am holding up yeah. right now? Yeah. You know, that's, it's not like that anymore. It's very scientific. And now. it's good. That's, I, a, that's a positive. It's a very positive. And, and helmets are changing. There's, if you start looking at all the different helmets that are out there, when, when you're watching a game on TV, you'll notice different positions have different types of helmets. It's becoming that way. Hmm. And, so, and, of course, it's player preference because yeah. of the comfort level. Right. But they're trying to make helmets... Specific to the type of things you do at your position? Right. And then your impact of how to make it comfortable but absorb the yeah. shock. So, you know, it, science is proving once again it can get make things better. Especially when you're motivated to, to do sure. so. The NFL's come a long Absolutely. way Absolutely. Um, how do you get off the protocol? There are a number of steps. Um, obviously, you continue to take cognitive mm-hmm. tests. Um, you, you report how you feel. You know, sure. you can have headaches. You can have mm-hmm. sensitivity to light. When you stop having symptoms, that's one step. Um, you have to go back to practice, mm-hmm. and then you have to, after practice, not have any symptoms return. Right. Things such as that. And it's it takes a while sometimes, and Bruce Arian said he didn't think Antoine Winfield would probably no. make it through the protocol in time to play. And they don't like to rush you back, because of if, you're, if you're just not there and you get hit again, it creates another Very issue. important. Yes. I know that, that you, this is considered kind of a cutthroat business, but sure. from my experience with coaches... They're not trying to rush guys back. Mm-hmm. They don't want to put guys in danger. Right. They you they almost always err on the side of, let's be careful. You know, let's take this as slowly as we need to take it so mm-hmm. that we don't put them in any risk. And we need you for the long haul. And there's always going to be somebody there that they'll expect to step mm-hmm. up, and that's what we're dealing with right sure. now. I mean, Richard Sherman played all but one play in that game. I know. And he was talking today. It was He's such a great interview. Oh, gosh. He's, he's like, when did you find out? He was asked, when did you find out you were going to play? And play that much. He's like, well, I found out on Friday that I was going to suit up and mm-hmm. be available. And then he think, I think he said on Saturday he was told he was going to start. Right. But he went into he actually went into the game. It had already begun under the idea, under the belief that he was going to play some. Uh-huh. But they would rotate in, and he would get he would get some breathers. Sure. But then Carlton Davis got hurt. And he goes. Uh, now I realize there's no subs coming. <laughs> <laughs> there's no, there's no reinforcements. And then, He's and I, I thought it was interesting when he said I had to start conserving energy. Right. Not that I wasn't playing hard. Right. Just I knew I needed to, when when I needed to, yeah. I, because he I, found ways to conserve energy. Well, I like what he said. I I needed to save energy to swim back. <laughs> I thought, that, point. I thought that was a great point. And he also said that his legs felt like Jello by the fourth quarter. Oh, I'm sure. And that there were times. He wasn't. He said he wasn't thrilled with his level of play, but not surprised because mm-hmm. he just came back after not playing for a long time. And he said there were a couple times where my brain worked right. I made the cut. I did the footwork I was supposed to do. I just didn't have the legs to get there. Sure. And you saw that a lot because there were a yeah. lot of like late breaking ends in front of him. And he would cut with the guy, but he just wasn't able to get closed and, to knock the pass. And away. here's one of the things too: is yeah, they were completing passes against him, but they weren't getting. Yards afterwards. Well, true. He, made he the was tackles. he was making the tackles, and that was huge in, in in a game like that. So, and I think he probably was erring on the side of not giving a big play. So well, you give him yeah. more cushion, and you yep. get throw up balls from underneath. I, I wanted to ask him how he felt on Tuesday, because you know how when you do stuff, you know the next yeah. day you oh, I don't feel so bad. And then forty eight the hours day. later, you're like, whenever you go back to working out, if you haven't worked out for a while, it's the second day after yeah. where you really feel it. I was watching him walk today, and I didn't see any, you know, like. You know, you kind of look for that little... He probably would have been able to hide it. Well, maybe. Maybe. <laughs> All right, ready? All right. 
Hello, Salty Dog. This is a kind of a long question. Sure. <laughs> Remember that really good, long but great question from the guy in Germany? Mm-hmm. Pretty sure that's the same guy. Okay. So he tends to write a lot, but it's usually pretty good. That's his, fine. His name's Dylan. He says greetings. Oh, yeah, it is Gre- him. Greetings from Germany. Yep, it's him. Hello, Salty Dogs. Phew. This one was a little too close, if you ask me. Or like Sergeant Murtaugh used to say, I'm getting too old for this shit. <laughs> that's from uh, Lethal Weapon, right? Yes. But I can only imagine how this game... I can only imagine how this game... Uh, hold on, I want to write this down. All right, go ahead. What are you writing down? Just notes so I can help come up with the blurb afterwards. Oh, sometimes okay. I can't remember the... You're putting eye drops in your eyes. I know, my eyes are really dry. I'm getting... Oh, where is it? But I can only mention how this game felt to Tom Brady. Did you recognize the expression on his face after he ran for a first down? That was priceless. I did see that replay. I did. It is a pretty good Yeah. It's pretty good. Yep. By the way, according to NFL.com, he finished the game with three rushing yards while the whole... Patriots team had negative one. We yeah. did just mention that, but mm-hmm. I didn't put those two together. Sure. That's, but he he outrushed. So the in Patriots. other words, a forty-four year old guy outrushed the whole the New whole England team. Patriots team. <laughs> <laughs> the heroic scramble leads to my question: What are your favorite Tom Brady moments? I will tell you my top three: Tom Brady at the photo shoot. The way he looks at the photographer in the script is like he looks at his head coach. And I'm not going to read all this. Yeah. Tom Brady hugging Keyshawn Vaughn in that game after he scored the touchdown. And it's just because he says he's able to feel so much joy for a player that just 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 scored his first touchdown. And Tom Brady in the huddle at the end of the second New Orleans game, which this was a really good, re, this was really good because it was a mic'd up thing. Sure. And I don't know if you recall, that was the game we got blown out 38-3. to It was at the end. We're not going to win. All right. But he's trying to get the guys in the huddle mm-hmm. to still play. Sure. He says, We've never been in this situation together, so we've got to to learn a lot because we're going to be in this situation again. It happens, so grind it out, make some plays. That's a good message. I like it. Uh, I'm skipping that part. Sure. Um, <clears throat> well, well, he compares it to to Aaron Rodgers, as he says, sitting on the be- bench when they were getting killed by the Saints yeah. and looking like he. Uh, Phil was feeling very, very sorry for himself. I, I mean, that's possible, Dylan. Yeah. I tend to think that we uh, we project emotions on guys that you have no idea if that's really what they're feeling. Well, yeah, and, and what I go by is sometimes I'll walk down the hall and someone goes, "What are you? What's wrong with you today? Why are you grumpy? <laughs> Nothing. I'm just not, you know." So it can, I, you know, it, that can make you grumpy. Sure, people ask you why yeah. you're grumpy, and, and, you don't and when I are. whenever I hear that about Aaron Rodgers, is he doesn't care or this or that? I, I don't buy into that, and, and I, I know announcers say it, and I know sideline reporters go, well, I can tell by the body language. We attribute a lot to guys that yeah. we have no, no, no basis earthly. for. And Tom Brady said that in the press conference afterwards because, of course, he was being asked again about his relationship with, with Bill Belichick. Belichick. And he said, I read a lot, I see a lot about this, and he says, I don't think anybody ever gets it right. No. But he how doesn't can, need to correct them. He just he has his relationship. How, how can you get it right? Because the only two people who know are those two right. people, and you don't yeah. know what's said in private. And because of how they operate and because of the public eye. So no matter what they say is a story, so you don't say anything. Yeah. And they hugged it out. And um, it was clear. And he came, Bill came and saw him again in the locker he room. He did come into the locker room, saw him, talked to him. And so there you go. Right. Right. I mean, both, both men get total respect. They did it together. Yeah. That's that. So the question here is, do you have any favorite Brady moments? Um, I, I don't. Well, other than him saying hi to me coming out of the testing trailer, that was pretty awesome. Uh, you know, you talk about Tom Brady and how prepared he is. I'll, I'll tell you this real quick story. When Tom first came here, there he mentioned the photo shoot. Matt May, who does a lot of photography for the team and, and other people. Uh, and used to be the team And used to be the team photographer and, and a good friend of mine and yours. He um, 
Matt was telling me the story that the night before the photo shoot, he gets a phone call. So he answers it, and it starts out with, Matt, this is Tom Brady. And he's like, he thought probably it was us pranking him at first. So he was kind of cool. And all Tom said was, hey, I know we're doing the photo shoot. I just want to see, you know, what you're thinking, how we want to do it. My goodness. Yeah, yeah. So That's a great story. Yeah. And so... So then when they go to the photo shoot where he's looking at, I don't know if you, if you go back and look, Tom is talking to Matt about. I think that's what he's talking about. Yes, and that's exactly what he's what talking, Dylan's about. talking about. And that's what Matt said. Matt said it was, it was unbelievable that he would be like, uh, you know, Matt goes, okay, I'm good. He's like, no, I think I can give you one more, which, you know, so that speaks volumes that if you are that prepared and you are, you know, I don't want to say in control, but it does matter because at the end of the day, it is you that he had input. And, yeah. it's, and it was constructive input. That's, so. that's a good story. Yeah. I, the only one I can think of really is that I liked the stories about how before the Super Bowl, in the days leading up to the Super Bowl, he kept calling all his teammates. Yes. Uh, and right. I don't know exactly what he was saying to them by telling them we were going to win and just kind of staying in their heads. Yeah. Keeping them where he thought was a good place to be. Great leadership skills. So, uh, so yeah, I think, it, you know, when you, I mean, come on, he won a Super Bowl for us. That's awesome. He tossed a Lombardi. <laughs> that was a good moment. Yeah. He oh, tossed, yeah. The tossed the Lombardi. Lombardi trophy. That's a good one. You know, he walks off the boat. I think he really just had sea legs. I don't really, you oh, know. Yeah, sure. You know. Whatever. But, whatever. But, but I'm just saying those are the moments and he can take, uh, um, he can throw shade. I like that. It, no matter what. I mean, if you if you look at his tweets, he's pretty good on Twitter. Very good, very good. So he has a couple followers. Oh. I mean, I think he has almost as many as I do. Yeah. Yep. All yeah, right. That was from Dylan. That's what he one looks more. at. He always hits Scott Smith to see if <laughs> he's caught up side yet. by side. Sure. All right. One more. All right. Hey, dogs. Love the podcast. Thank you. Wow. A real quick question for you: Who do you think are some of the most underrated Buccaneers you've worked with? In all your time with the team, that's it. That's the question. Thanks, Jim yeah. and Tony. Didn't didn't say where he's from, but saw the name in the uh, in the email field. And for the record, I got this question, I think on Monday, and it was before uh, I'd come up with because I texted you last night, right? Uh, Monday let's, night. Let's get. Oh, that's when they texted. Monday night, ten twelve p.m. Let's get Will Golston. Not that to, I keep track of this. Well, stuff. it does have a receipt. It does have a time. Yes, on it, it does. Um, <clears throat> I said let's let's try to get Will Golston this mm-hmm. week. And so this question is unrelated to the fact, or maybe is what put into my head. Sure. Hey, let's get because Will Golston is obviously one of the main answers, I would one of the big answers to that, that question. Yeah, I would say he's so. certainly been, as the stats I was throwing out when we were interviewing him. So he's certainly been underrated, um, in, in the last couple of years. Um, for instance, I mean, you heard me say right the three, the only three interior defensive linemen with more quarterback hits than him the last two seasons are DeForest Buckner. Chris Jones and Aaron Donald, and those are all superstars sure. with gigantic contracts. Yeah. All of them. Wow. So that's pretty cool. But, um, you know, you're, it looks to me like you're trying to think of some. Well, I, I, I was going to say, and I, I, I'm processing it, and I'm going to say it. I think Rondé Barber's Yeah, I've got him on my list. I, I thought Rondé, I think Rondé Barber's uh, Well, he is uh, clearly because sure. he should have been in the Hall of Fame by now. And, so. when, and whenever I hear someone say, well, he was in, he, it was a system player. Oh, we've done this before. Yeah. That's stupid. It is because everybody has a system. Yeah, and if you happen to be good at it, that's not a 
That's not. A, why Tom, is that a negative thing? Tom, Tom Brady is a good quarterback only because of the system. The, the implication there is that anybody could have done what he did. Sure. And it is absolutely not the case. Yeah. It was a good system for it, but he also mm-hmm. made that system work better than anybody else could have. Yeah, that's who popped in my mind. I, 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 you can be a star, which right. he is, and still be underrated, which sure. he is. But um, I'm thinking more along the lines of guys that aren't necessarily stars. Like the first one that popped in my mind was Davin Joseph. Yeah. I mean, he did I, I, make a Pro Bowl or two. He did. But I, I don't think when you look back at the last 20 years and think of the great Bucks, he, he's one of the first ones that comes to mind. But he no. was great. Uh, not only was he a great player, oh, a yeah. super individual. Just a super individual. Um, Very easy to root y- for. Yes. Yes. That's a good one. I Levante like David has to be on this list. Yeah. I mean, he's becoming less so, but he spent so much time being underrated sure. that he has to be on yeah. the list. Well, that's, I, I agree. I think from a talent standpoint, we may not remember how good Cadillac Williams was. I think if he hadn't gotten injured, he would have rivaled, you know, I, James Wilder or whoever for the best running. Yeah, back first history. first War game didn't, first game against Minnesota didn't his shoes end up going to the for after right, his first three games because he had something like three hundred and fifty four yeah. rushing yards in his first three games, which was a record. I, so they sent his shoes to Canton. You know, you bring him up, and I just remember him on the team playing and and laying down. Uh, after he hurt himself in Carolina, yeah. and and those are stories you don't talk about, but this is years past, so I will. It just laying there, and you can see how emotional he was, and you you saw how devastating the well, hit. Well, he wrecked were. that knee. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, he wasn't back for more than a year after that. Correct. He came back late the next year. Yeah, and that's the aspect of the game that most fans don't see and they shouldn't see, but it it does make you realize, you know, the guy's human. Yeah, yeah. But, but I, that's a good one. Talent-wise. Oh. And, and here's another guy that I think people think was very good. But You I know, think he's a coach at Auburn. Cadillac really? Williams. Yeah. His alma mater. Yeah. That's good. What do you think about Joey Galloway? Do people well, consider him one of the best receivers in team history? Top no, five? I don't think so. Mike Evans. Um, Mark Harrier. Probably Godwin at this point. Kevin House. Yeah, Kevin House. Maybe Vincent Jackson. Yeah. I think Joey Galloway was probably better than what about a couple Keyshawn? Of he had he was known more for his name. He he put up some good numbers with us, but he was only with us for. Didn't he have some ungodly numbers and only one touchdown? In one, in one of his years, he yeah. had like 105 catches in one touchdown. Um, I think that uh, um, yeah, Tony Mayberry. Oh, longtime center. He, yeah, he was a sure. starting center for 10 years. Yeah, and. I don't think he ever missed a game. And he another like another true, promos. really good guy to this day, a really good guy. Um, yeah. Yeah, when you start thinking. But you know what? A lot of times guys get underrated, you know, depending on what team they are and how well the team plays. And I think that's kind of where they've fallen into, you know. Yep. We're in a lot of successful years. But All right, Jeff, well, that's, that's the last good. one. All right. Well, I think, I think it was a good show. I think it was. I really enjoyed Will. It, oh, yeah. And I, you know. Taking the time out, especially during this week, trying to take a time out. I think we got him out in like nine minutes. We did. Which uh, I heard you kind of do one more question kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, Yeah. I have a couple more I could do, but let's let the guy go. Sure, sure. Well, then that way, too, then when they talk to each other in the locker room (laughs) saying, hey. Don't do that one. Don't do the dogs. They'll say 10 and keep you on 20. They'll be there forever. (laughs) Holding the phone. Jeez, is this guy ever going to stop? 
we've seen that before, right? They roll their eyes. Okay. okay. All so, right. I want to say, hey, thanks, uh, Beefo Brady's. Uh, if you tuned into this podcast, you're looking for classics, and you found them with us. But if Beefo Brady's, it's wings, nachos, Angus burgers, beer. Put them all together, and you get Beefo Brady's. Hungry for a tailgating greatness, and this Sunday would be the Sunday because it's a 1 o'clock game, yeah, yeah. and you're ready to go. So try Beefs to go or full-on catering. Beefo Brady's, where game time meets tailgating time. And since you did, 